new life. I print out what I want to say because I have a tendency to follow the bear and just go this way here and go that way there, and I want to make it more impacting. Before the kids leave, It's okay, you can stay there. It's not going to be long. I just want to, I want to throw something at you guys. Before you were gone, before you were born, when you were in your mother's belly, her womb, you heard your mother's voice. You heard your father's voice. As you begin reading, when a child is born, they look to the face. They look to the voice that they hear. They know the voice. And I want you to know, you were designed to hear the voice of God. I want you to know that your whole destiny, your whole position is to hear the voice of Jesus and a stranger's voice you will not follow. And that is going to stir your faith up. And I bless you in playing. I bless you with your imagination that God sanctifies it. I bless you with coming into all that he created you to be. Yeah? Go play. That's cool. A gun or a rifle has two sights, the one in the front and the one in the back. And with the two, you can line them up and change your locus, your focus, the things you want to position yourself on. And I came across two books recently which really, I think, do that for this time and season. And I want to start up by that. Uh, I want to recommend strongly seeing heaven, seeing through heaven's eyes. If you get that, you will be looking at people you come across through the love, through the kingdom. And once you grab that, you're not going to be judging them. You're not going to be going after them and and trying to do the Holy Spirit's job. You're going to be seeing them as heaven sees them and bring forth redemption. Amazing book. Rick Joyner, many of you have heard about him. He's been a, a, a standard at Lutheran Renewal. He's got a new book called The Path, book one. And this you must get as well because he goes into a story which details where we are positionally at as a body. God is always speaking. Not all will hear his voice. And I, and I want you to look at this. I want you to read this. I want you to become this. Because there are, there are wise virgins, there are foolish virgins, but all virgins knew their master, knew the bridegroom. And we are going to be the wise virgins. Okay? The way we've been taught, we have greater faith me, sorry. Pardon me. How many of you have seen the film Son of God? A few of you? Cool. Awesome. I began watching it and I wasn't sure what to expect. And I began cri- criticizing it and then the Lord said, Stop. Just watch it. See where they're taking you. So I began watching it with fresh eyes. And then I was stunned three-quarters of the way through the film because I saw the religious spirit and the political spirit joined together to come against the authentic move of God. And I walked away going, I've never seen this before. And then I realized that the religious spirit was birthed when the two brothers, when one killed the other, yes? One did his offering through his hands. One did it through the sacrifice of blood. The religious spirit is always going to be found where the church gathers. 
And it's going to take the attention from the true God to works and acts and all these things. And it's going to be with us back then, today, and as far as we go forward. Be aware of that. God is love. He only gives good gifts. Christ was given to reveal the Father, to redeem creation. He gave the Holy Spirit to reveal Christ. Holy Spirit indwells with us. It's been given to us. It's a gift. We get to display the glory of God. We get to display the works of Christ. Everything about God, everything he does is about redemption. Even the ten plagues in Egypt were to prove Egypt's ten highest gods had no authority, had no power over the Most High God. The Nile River had a, was a god. Blood, everything in it died. There was a god that dealt with the animals. The animals died. Okay? Every plague took down one of their gods. I never saw that before. But it's all about redeeming. It's all about redemption. Everything he does is good. Everything he does, even when people you know are going through difficult times, he wants to draw them near to him. He hates idolatry. He hates anything that's exalted above the name of the Most High God. He hates anything that's exalted above Jesus Christ. And that's why he's released his Holy Spirit. That you may be filled with Holy Spirit. That you may be filled with wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ. As you're filled, you'll be thinking in a new way. You'll be moving a new way. You'll be behaving a new way. You'll be displaying the things Jesus displayed because he's now in you. Luke 11 talks about, this is 9 through 13, says, say, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. It goes on and on and on. He ends by saying, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, it's not just a one-time thing. The way it's written is that we continually ask. We continually seek. So if it's not a habit, then continually ask. Show me. There are many manifestations of the Spirit. And as I was writing this, I could go several different ways. I could go where I could begin just very dry, or I could begin telling you the things I've experienced. But if I do that, then I'm going to be putting a wedge and say, well, that's, that's what I can do. No. God is no respecter of men. What I'm able to do, you're able to do. What I want to do is put a hunger in you. Because knowing God is different than having him in you. And if you were in love with God and filled with love, you don't need to worry about Jesus saying, sure, I cast demons, but you never knew me. Depart from me. But it's knowing God. It's loving God. It's being the intimate relationship that now you are secure and you're safe and you can go full bore into the things of the Spirit. The religious spirit wants to hold you back and go, am I or am I not? Am I, am I not? So you're going half throttle and you're always stumbling over yourself, not certain if you're authorized to do it. Get love down, become love. But once you are love, you can go with it with a full heart. And nothing, nothing, nothing is going to hold you back. Identity is the baseline of walking effectively in the things of the Spirit. You never said a prayer to go to heaven. You say a prayer to get heaven in you. Okay? If you're waiting to go to heaven because you said the prayer, what do you do with the rest of your life? But if heaven is inside you, every person you come in contact with 
Every situation you find yourself in, you can ask Holy Spirit, why am I here? Why have you brought me here? What do I have to release? Who do you want me to see? What do you want me to say? So you begin this constant questioning, and he's going to answer. And as you begin questioning and asking these things, you're going to be amazed at what you hear. And your confidence is going to grow. Because all of a sudden, you're hearing the voice of God. Now, what was so cool when, when I, I'm sorry, when you're talking about Christy Grainer, right? That was very empathic, wasn't it? What? Hearing the voice of God, 101. Susan and I went through that, I don't know, about seven years ago, eight years ago. Go. Go. I can't recommend it enough. Because you're in a room of people who are pursuing the things, and all of a sudden you begin to realize, and then you have these exercises. And the exercises, you can see them when Christy shows them to you. I'll, I'll just throw a teaser at you. But they're amazing. But because of the exercises, you get stretched. I love being at a checkout. I love being at a counter looking down for my money or my credit card or whatever. And all of a sudden, my spirit discerning their spirit and going, whoa, and looking up and seeing them. Well, I've got a conversation right here. And then go into it. All because my spirit is so, is so enlarged, I know what is around me. Not always, but it sure has led to some very interesting conversations. It's a whole lot better than saying, how's the weather been? It's a lot more fun to be minding my own business going, so how long have you been following the Lord? What church do you go to? What's Jesus been showing you? Those are my first three comments. They're going, excuse me, how, how do you know? Has their attention. Then I begin to speak life into them. I think one of the reasons there are so few men in the church is because they're taught things which aren't necessarily the life of Christ. They're not taught to embrace and to run with Holy Spirit. They're taught a form and an order of godliness that has no power. And it's just another charade. It's like going to Hollywood. It's like going to Disneyland. It's not real. So why spend a life pursuing that what's not real? And I ask that God would burn everything which is not real in your life, that only the pure comes forth, that you are the radiant bride, that you are the one wholly pursuing his goodness. It's an amazing life. There's a, there's a gentleman here. He's not here today. His name is Stephen. You can say, you know, he's a very nice guy. I could go on and tell you what you already know about him. But I'm telling you, this man is so tenacious. Ha! There you are. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Stephen, you know what I love about you? You are tenacious. You are loyal. You are always pursuing what is right. And you've always been put down in a corner and always shunned and always not certain of who you are. But I'm telling you, you're going to find your voice. You're going to find who you are. Not only are you going to walk in the things of the Spirit, but you're going to be a one who people draws around because they find the solid nature of Christ in you. How do I know that? Because what I saw several years ago was who I was. Hard to believe, isn't it? You only know me today. You've, not, you've seen what Christ has done through me. You've not seen my beginning. 
I want you to know everyone here has the opportunity to become this amazing blossom, this amazing man or woman of God because of the Holy Spirit. And he's far beyond what you've been theologically taught. And this is what this whole season is about, is discovering who you are in him and who he is in you and what you need to release. We get to demonstrate this. The whole generation's past from Abraham to now are waiting for us to perform what they've only thought. They're cheering us on. That's the cloud of witnesses. They're expecting us to go forth and do what we've been called to do because it was only by us doing what we've been called to do that they get their inheritance. We're the last in a great relay race, and they're counting on us. You ready? (laughs) I love it. That's why I find church so boring. Because it has nothing to do with us. We are called to make a difference. We are called to be that light. We are called to release the Ruah. We are called to be signs, wonders, and miracles. To be just like our brother. He's the firstborn of many. Well, come on. So you are loved. As an, as an identity, you are loved. You are a son. You are the redeemed. You've been paid for at the highest price. God has placed his spirit in you, and because of that, you can demonstrate him. And he says, I am well pleased in you. We get to fulfill what John 17, Jesus' high priest prayer. The love you gave me, give to them. That, I, that they may be complete in us, I and them, and you and me, and them and me, and we may become as you are one. It's more than theology. He's talking about reality. And we put it on the shelf in this idea, but we don't walk in it because far be it from us to, to be so bold. Well, we are to be bold. We should be the leaders instead of the followers. Rather than going, well, one day God's going to rapture us and we're going to go to heaven. Yay! That is so bloody boring to me. This is what really has been working in my heart a lot recently. Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes from by hearing and hearing the word of fill in the blank. Hear both God and Christ. The word is Christos. It is Christ. So it is the Spirit of Christ, right? So the more we tune ourselves into Christ, the more we're going to hear. That's what I said earlier. The more we're going to get confidence in what we're hearing. If you have any doubt, go to that class. Get primed. It's only by doing that you're going to get confidence. I pray that the Father of, of glory would give you wisdom and, and understanding and the knowledge of him. Ephesians 1.17. It's the wisdom of God. It's the knowledge of God. It's not the Greek and the Hebrew. It's by experiential ex- experiencing him. It's by tasting him. It's by walking with him. It's by moving with him that you have the confidence in who he is. And once you have that confidence, there is nothing that will stand in the way that will prevent you from achieving what you've been called to achieve. Because you know deep inside who you are, whose you are, and how you should move. And everybody who comes in contact with you will be affected by love. If it's, if it's not you, you really can't preach it. You're just preaching what you heard. But if it's you, you can't shut up. Because you're just telling them about who, is, who he is in you. Yeah? Jesus said in Matthew uh, 13, 
Blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and hear what you hear but did not hear it. There's another reference too, okay, about seeing and hearing. It's all it's the natural and it's the spiritual. God is going to open your eyes in the spirit. You're going to be getting, getting these quick visions if you haven't already. Just these quick blurbs and you've got to go, whoa, what did I just see? And begin parse that out to see what he's showing you. And you're going to be hearing things in, the, in your heart. You're going to be hearing the voice of Christ as he's directing you. Number one, you've got to go back and grab it real quick and write it down so it doesn't disperse. Because time will cause it to disperse. What I find interesting, one of the reasons he said that, I believe, is that Back in Ezekiel 2.12, Ezekiel says, Son of man, you live in the midst of a rebellious house who have eyes to see but do not see, eyes to hear but do not hear. Okay? So one of the prayers, God, if there be any rebellion in me, illiterate it. I want to be so in tune with what you're doing. There can be no rebellion. There can be no self-centeredness. I must have eyes and ears to hear what what you're saying. Okay? No rebellion, no Christian witchcraft, no manipulation, nothing but love, nothing but humility, nothing but revealing Christ. Yeah. I don't know about you. I'll talk about me. I was raised, I was taught, and the effects of my teaching was that I had a greater faith in the fear of deception than I did in the truth. So I always moved in fear of deception. And that fear of deception kept me from moving into the truth. And that is a lie. The only thing I should have fear of is fear of God. Anything that wants to exalt itself up through fear, I'm going to honor. I'm going to, in in effect, worship. And here, with unbeknownst to me, I was worshiping a fear of going in error. What do you do when you focus on something that's an error? You become what you, what you see. How many friends of yours complained about their parents doing this and this and that, and as they aged and matured, they began doing this and this and that? Part of it is generational. Part of it is spiritual. Part of it is they observed what they did not like and they hated it. Okay? My mom was really surprised I took up smoking. Well, I railed on it all the time. I couldn't handle it. I hated it. Dumb. So we put aside the fear of, failure, of, of going into deception, and we put in its place the fear of God. We put in the focus of Jesus Christ and having Christ in us. It is only by having that in us that will walk in the true knowledge of sons of God and display him. And again, you've got to have the love to have that focus to go fully. That fear also prevents us from doing the greater things. Because if we don't go in this path, we're not going to even attempt the greater things because it might be deceived. So you've got to kill that thing. You can't live with that thing. 
It can't be in your. It can't be on your property. It belongs in Egypt. And we're going to cross over. We're going to cross over into the new. Yeah. And we're taking down giants. We're taking down giants of idea, giants of thought, giants that have held themselves up in opposition to the things of God. John fourteen twelve. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to my Father. Being given authority. It's there. Run with it. These signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new, son- new tongues. Yeah? Another uh, book that goes into other things. Preach the gospel to all nations, all, all creation. You go from having the Spirit within you by saying the prayer, experimenting, working. Some of you will even get to step into authority. Authority is really cool. Authority is when others begin to recognize what you're carrying. Authority is when the storm is coming, you can say, no, you go aside, and the storm goes. Or the tornado is coming, you go, no, you go. Or you tell your pet, we've got to get the pet downstairs right now, the storm is coming, and you run downstairs, and the pet's right behind you. Okay, I'm just telling you things which I've walked in. Okay? And you just go, <laughs> just, they don't understand it. <laughs> or you get upset because of injustice and you say, never again will someone rent that place. Not realizing what you've said. And then you come back a couple years later and go, oh, God, let it go. <laughs> you know? We're here to be a blessing. We're here to know how to heal, how to heal ourselves, how to get over it, how to forgive. Because I've been doing experiments about my heart. People read what you're carrying. People read your heart. If you, if you're, if you want to protect yourself and you've got walls up, there's times where it's like you get, almost get buffeted by the walls. Like, you know what? I don't want to carry the wall. I don't want people to realize that I'm carrying this wall. If they want to carry it, they can carry it. I thought it was funny. We were in a hotel sometime, some time ago. It was in California. I forget where it was at. But it was a fantasy hotel, meaning every bedroom had a different suite. A moon, Iowa. There was one in California, too. Uh, the moonscape and Cinderella and whatever. And I'm walking down the hall. And every door just got buffeted back and forth. Like, wow, there's stuff going on in there. I don't know what it is. It's not my authority. It's not my place. Bless them. But there's going to come a time where you're going to begin realizing things and knowing things. And you don't tell the darkness. You don't tell the people the darkness that they're carrying. You, it's for you to begin releasing the opposite spirit. That's part of prophecy. So as you follow the voice, as you follow the spirit, you'll hear the voice. And you're going to release what you see and release what you hear. And you're going to continue to practice what you're hearing. One of the things I keep on asking God when I'm talking to someone, do they know you? 
Are they saved? How do you see them? You know, it was really funny. I was going, I was at an audio store Friday, and I just wanted to get some prices on some speakers. And there's a guy there who's from Chicago, okay, African-American. He's got the Chicago attitude, and you don't want to, you know, mess with it. But to me, everything is in something to mess with. And uh, we're talking, and he started engaging in this conversation. I was like, that's really cool. And I just turned to him, and I said, you know, you're really a loyal person. I said, you're really strong. What you believe in, you hold on really tightly. And you protect those that are around you. I said, you're a leader. You're amazing. Jesus loves you so much. All of a sudden, his went down. I could talk some life into him. I love the internet because there are teachers like Dan Moeller. There are teachers like Todd White. I don't need to spend the next 30 minutes speaking into their life. I said, hey, if you like this, go here. Do it your own time. Let Holy Spirit direct you. I can do a lot of things, and I can do a lot of things really well. I would rather see you do these things better than me. That's my heart. I can do the Mike and Susan show. That's kind of fun to do. We're going to get to do the, we get to do that a lot. But it's a lot more fun to watch you guys take off and step and release the goodness that God has within you. One of the things, I've driven here crazy with it, that I practice a lot, I'll be sitting down in a chair somewhere and said, oh, it's 28 degrees out, and uh, I'll throw the time. I get the time, see the clock there, so I'm not going to say the time. And I'll go check it out. <sighs> One degree off, dang it. <laughs> you know, I ask, because I want to keep on asking. Cause, because if I ask the small things, when I ask the big things, I have confidence. Does that make sense? I want, to find, I want to find ways of entertaining myself and having fun and trying to practice this stuff up without looking like too much of an idiot <laughs> so that when the time comes, I can do it. Yeah? You know? The more you practice, the more authority you get. All right? Because I had the raccoon in the house... I saw things I didn't normally see. Because we prayed for her and blessed her, she became a different raccoon. One day she became really hormonal and was going to rip my face off, and I told her, and she had her teeth bared and her hackles raised, and I was terrified, and I yelled at her, lady, sit down and become like a good puppy. And she went from this crazy animal sitting down, legs up, (laughs) and I just walked out out of the room going, what did I just see? Pondering that, walk back in, and here's this maniac animal again. I set it again, whoop, set back up like a puppy dog. Because of that, I thought of that. When we were at a, a wildlife refuge and the, and the wolves, I saw a wolf. I said, wolf, come forth, I'll bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I began blessing it, and the wolf walked 50 feet. Not only did that wolf, the wolf walk 50 feet, but three others that I couldn't, Three others that I couldn't see got from the bush, and pretty soon I had four to five wolves in a row receiving the blessing of the Lord. (laughs) Susan was with me, okay? So it's been witnessed. And I'm going and blessing them with seeing the things of God, with experiencing the presence of God, with with the love of God. What? 
Oh, I went on for as long as I could go on, just praying and blessing. And about a minute into this, a minute and a half, I'm going, I'm running out of steam. And the back of my mind is going, I don't believe what I'm seeing. At that specific moment, the wolf said, yeah, neither do we. And they all went back away. So I want you to know, I want you to know how powerful faith is. I want you to know what's in your heart is released. Okay? I want you to know that you can pray for someone and you're thinking, I don't believe this is going to happen. More often than not, it probably won't. I want you to know, that's why it's so critical to begin seeing people the way heaven sees them. Because you're not going to be seeing them with their sins. You're not, there are some people you're going to know because of the way their face looks, the way they carry, what they're wearing, that they are carrying this thing. And that thing is not them. And it doesn't belong in them. But if you're going to see them from the way heaven sees them, you're not going to be distracted by that thing. And you can even tell that thing to go. All right? But that's why it's important to see yourself and to see them by the way, the way heaven does. I don't know who it was I was talking to. We had a meeting here. It was a Sunday afternoon, and we went outside to talk. And all of a sudden, Lucy kicks up a fox, and the fox runs across the tennis court. And because of my history, I said, Fox, stop in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I will bless you. And the fox began stumbling as if it was hobbling. Oh, fox has got a broken leg. And then all of a sudden, it sat down. And I began blessing it. I began praying for it in Jesus' name. It was going on so long that I'm fun with my camera trying to take a picture of it with my, with my iPhone. People were looking outside and seeing this fox in the backyard. And it wasn't until a young one ran outside and began chasing the fox that it took off. It was a beautiful fox. Yeah, we had, a pet, we had a pet red fox one time. It was awesome. I'd have a pet bear if I could. So, whenever I get the chance, I do preach the gospel to every creature. I like praying in tongues when I see a crow. Because the crows kind of just go. We've got a possum that visits us. And possums don't move very fast, but they do move. And it's amazing. If I just go outside, it'll run. If I say, stop in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will not move. It just watches me. Last night, I gave it a strawberry and walked away. We have been given authority. The heavens belong to the Lord, and the earth is given to the sons of men. So as a son of the Most High God, carrying, carrying His Spirit, what are you going to do to display the glory of the Lord? If there's a drought, hey, let's begin praying for some property. Let's see what happens. By, in Jesus' name, rain come. So, bless you. Thank you for the opportunity and the honor. And uh, Jesus' name. So let's uh, let's get into groups. And what did you hear that you want? What did you hear that you would like to take home? Where do you want to grow? <laughs> with possums or with uh, with people?
Uh, share a little bit. Anything that you heard that you want to do? More authority. More authority. Anything else? Mm-hmm. In the back? I like the identity, uh, sense of identity purpose drives the church. That obedience takes God right where you put your identity. You're more aware of what God wants you to do. You're more interested with uh, your growing passion for Him. Did I see for it, don't we? See as heaven sees. So, Father, thank you for who we are. Thank you for the way that you have made us and the way you want to demonstrate your love for the world in a unique way through who we are. This is not a personality thing. This is not a thing for extroverts. It's a thing for people who are being shaped to be like Jesus. So no one can be a better you than you can be. I bless you with being who you are and using your authority in the way that God is putting it through, channeling it through you. It'll be uniquely you. It'll be different from the way anyone else does it. And may you be who you are in Christ. May you know who you are. May you like who you are. And may you walk in who you are with real confidence. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, find two two people. Just turn around, turn to somebody else and pray this. Something that you want to pray, share with them something that you heard that you want that you want to see lived out in your life, just take a time, whatever, it doesn't matter how long you want, two minutes or 20 minutes, turn right now. Go ahead.